Are you a writer wondering how to go about self-editing your novel? While creating early drafts of your fiction, you can have several complex issues that can often send you mad. And if you want to learn how to deal with them as you try to edit your own work, my conversation with Gabriella Blandi is definitely for you. As writers, we have a visceral understanding of story. As humans, we have a visceral understanding of story. So we can tell if a story just doesn't feel quite right. But when creating our own story, we may be too close to it to even see its flaws. We're often unable to point our finger at exactly what we find wrong with our own story, and that makes self-editing your novel a challenge. Unfortunately, many writers take this feeling of uncertainty about their work as a representation of their lack of ability or talent. They think that they're not talented writers. But there are honestly too many complexities that we have to face as writers as we work through our drafts that we can't blame it all on ourselves. As a developmental editor for several years, I'm here to share my insights on how to fix the holes in your story, plot, and all things self-editing. Stay tuned for the entire discussion and learn more about self-editing your novel. Plus, get to know how you can get a sample edit for a part of your book for free. Hello, my friends. If you are wondering how to self-edit your novel, then today's conversation with book coach and author Stuart Wakefield is totally for you. Stuart has been a developmental editor since 2014 and is experienced in helping writers address all of those complex story issues that generally send us mad, right? And all of those issues that can come up in those early drafts as we're working on our fiction. Stuart has experience in theatre, he has experience in broadcast, media, and of course, editing. And he also, and this is so key folks, he also understands the importance of thorough and compassionate feedback. I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes I have worked with an editor who, let's say, doesn't quite understand uh, what compassionate feedback is. And it can be, it can be a little harsh on us um, emerging writers. Stuart's own writing has also won recognition. Most recently, his book Behind the Scenes, which is a hashtag gay romance, has been rated 10 out of 10 by the 2021 Book Life Prize in all of the categories that they judge. Okay, not just one category, but 10 out of 10 for plot, 10 out of 10 for originality, 10 out of 10 for character, 10 out of 10 for prose. So this is someone that you definitely want editing your work. Also, stick around until the end, my friends, because we're going to let you know how you can enjoy a free sample edit of 10 pages of your current work in progress. But for now, I would like to welcome Mr. Wakefield to the broadcast. Stuart. Welcome to today's conversation. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's 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 lovely to have you here. I'm, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Me too. So editing and complex story issues, I, I would really like to start diving in there. So for me, this whole idea of holes in the plot or holes in the story, we can get to the end of a book and we can have a sense that there's something not quite right. So I'd love for you to talk about that place of like 
we sense something's not quite right, but what do we do about it? And I think in my experience, and I think anyone who were watching this, this knows, if they have ever read a book, watched a play, seen a movie, and they've come away feeling, I didn't like this, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Mm. I think we all have a visceral understanding of story. And when we're writing those stories ourselves, sometimes we're just a little bit too, too close to it, but we know, we know there's something not quite right. And I think that is, can result in two things. It can result in somebody saying they have writer's block or it, it results in that, that awful story that we tell ourselves is, you know, I, I'm not a good writer. Mm. The worst thing that can happen is, is people start to panic because they don't they don't know what it is and they start to um give it out to people probably that they haven't really thought thoughts about you know if they are if they are the right if they're the right audience and so the mm. feedback they start to get can be, become very muddled and then you get to that that sort of crushing point where you just you look at it so much you you just think i i just i i, I can't and, and you just you just walk away and you wouldn't even go to a professional editor because by this point you've convinced yourself that if you can't understand what the what the problem with your story is how is anyone else going to and more importantly how how will they not savage you mm -hmm. because you've told yourself that you've written this this monstrosity mm -hmm. so um yeah you know just getting back to your, your question i think it, it's you know there's something wrong with it but you just don't know what and it's the stories we tell ourselves that prevent us taking sort of positive action what what comes to mind is how well you describe this moment and of course you know it, it comes from experience as writers we all know what it's like to get into that situation I, th mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting the point that you made in the the mistake is that we give it to the wrong person to read yes you know we often yes. We might give it to our mum or we might give it to our best friend and they're not a professional editor. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you were going to say something. I, and I think those people have their own agendas. So, you know, hopefully if your relationship with your mother is good, you know, she doesn't want to upset you. But I mean, you might be writing paranormal, um, you know, paranormal fantasy and she likes cozy thrillers. So if she can't, if she's not your intended audience mm. and she doesn't know about the audience that you are writing for, she's not equipped with the best will in the world. She's not equipped to give you that, give you that advice. If you have a friend who is a writer, I would strongly take a look at that writer and just make sure that they don't have any, um, would not develop any jealousy towards mm -hmm. you because I think that that could be an opportunity for sabotage. Mm. But I have writer friends that I know we don't write in the same um, genre. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they might be doing better than me, whatever your definition of better is. Mm. Um, you know, so I think you get a feel for those, for those people. Mm -hmm. But I think as you, if you get somebody who's passionate about what you're writing and professional enough to give you that kind of thorough, compassionate feedback, yeah. then I think you are you are onto a winner. Mm 
Mm. And going back to your previous answer where you said, because, you know, say, say here I am, I like I, I sense that there's something wrong, but because I don't know what it is, I'm, mm. I'm coming to the conclusion that I'm no good. Yes. Okay. But what struck me as I was listening to you, I was like, actually, that's a real skill to sense that there's something wrong. Yes. So I, it, it sounds like that, you know, that might be a nice place to start to be like, oh, you know, the fact that I'm sensing that something's amiss mm -hmm. shows that I have I have enough of a gift to to sense that maybe the plot's not working. Yes. And I'm thinking like, here's somebody who's been awarded 10 out of 10 for plot. So tell us a little bit about how you would edit your own holes in your own plot before, you know, before you might hand it over to somebody else, like how you start to do that work. OK, so for me, it's about cause and effect. So everything that happens to your character, even before your novel starts, because my view is that story is backstory. So uh, uh, say... You and I, if I was arrested for shoplifting and you were arrested for shoplifting, chances are we would we would react similarly, I hope. I don't know if you've ever been arrested for shoplifting, but but there would be differences in, in what we're doing. And after that um incident, say you were found um say you were found innocent and I was found incorrectly guilty, how would that change the way we we reacted in a shop if we thought we were being watched mm. so for me the way a character all the decisions that a character makes up to the point where your story starts defines who they are and who they will and <clears throat> how they will react to situations going forwards and what decisions those make so what i'm very careful to do is i map ahead of time what are all the cause and effect things that happen in that novel and then sometimes i will do that in retrospect as well i'll work backwards through as well That's just to make sure tell how, yeah tell me how that works i've not heard that before okay so it, it will be i mean it's relatively straightforward but the thing is it's deceptively simple when you when you describe it so you know say you're writing a romance okay you know uh so it's normally you know a meets b he starts to have feelings for B, you know, those feelings are consummated, you know, they start to feel that there could be something wrong and then eventually they break up and at the very, very end, there's this grand gesture. So we can put all of those things together with cause and effect. But then when you go from the back of it, mm -hmm. okay, so I'm about to get on the flight and this person that I, I'm going Hollywood romance again, okay. I'm about to get on the flight and the person that I've had this relationship and feelings for has suddenly turned up at the ticket desk and begs me to come back what why based on everything else that's happened up to that point why would i not take that flight and choose to spend my time with that person mm. and then you, yeah, then you work work backwards so for me i like to do it both ways mm. so i like to do cause and effect and then say okay effect what what caused that and just just work backwards yeah it seems like an for me it's you know measure twice cut once <laughs> okay. yeah. but but it, it just gives me that that um understanding of where i am in a story what's going on in someone's mind yeah 
And that's, you know, again, that's a really simple diagnostic because like you say, if we go back to that, I've got this visceral feeling that something's not quite right. And if you're literally looking at every incident in the novel and you're like, is this a cause or is this an effect? And if this is an effect, what caused it? And if this is yes. a cause, what's the effect that comes after it? Like yes. those are some really simple questions. Yes. Which yes. can then, you know, if there's not an answer to that question, it's like, oh, well, there's my hole. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And I yeah. love, yeah, I love the reverse engineer as well. Like mm. a really, like a really nice tip there. Yeah, it's thorough. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, again, you know, that's, that's what gives you 10 out of 10. I mean, we, we, we attain these accolades because of the effort that we put in. So yes. I'm, what I'm hearing from you, Stuart, is you, you put the effort in and then you're going to get that reward. Yeah. So we've looked at a little bit of holes, we've looked at story, looked at a little bit of cause and effect. I want to talk now about the place that we can get into where we're writing a book and we, we've, we've been driven to write it because we just can't stop thinking about it. Yes. It's like, oh my God, this story has been with me for a decade. Like it won't leave me alone. I've tried to stop, but I can't. And so we're, we, we end up just kind of writing the book because we can't not write the book. Yes. But when I was reading your blog, there was a very interesting blog post that talked about, wait, what's the point of your story? Mm. And that really struck me because I was like, if we're in this place of we're just writing something because we just have to and we can't stop thinking about it, that to me isn't quite a point. And I often find that when I read a draft of someone's work and they haven't found the point of their story, I can sort of sense that I'm kind of like, why do I care about this? Yeah. I'd love yeah. for you to talk a little bit about how we can get into a place where there isn't a point to our story and then what the hell we do about that. Okay, so when we talk about, about the point of a story, I don't want writers to get worried that it, it has to be some huge worthy um you know, like the thing that they're trying to do, okay? If you're writing a romance, and I'll use romance examples a lot because that's what I write and it's what yeah, I love right. to read, but, yeah. um, you know, it, you can boil it down to love conquers all. Mm. You know, most romances, that, that, that is the yeah. point, okay? If you're reading Harry Potter, so, I mean, okay, if you're reading Harry Potter, the first one, Philosopher's Stone or sorcerer's stone depending on what country you live in um it is for me the point is that no matter how alone you feel your people are out there mm. so if you if you have that point when you go in you know if you're writing a thriller it may be that crime doesn't pay even if you have that most basic point it will keep you on target because if you are writing love conquers all you have made a promise to your reader. Mm. You know, if you're reading a, a thriller, chances are it is, you know, crime doesn't pay, but you've made a promise. And if you don't pay off on that promise, you're going to have a lot of very unhappy readers. Okay. Because mm. you're making your promises on your book covers and in your first couple of pages, ideally about what it is that your novel, what the point is. Yeah. Um, so I think as, writers start to diverge and start to feel like they're getting off track again that that's the point where i would take a writer back so the, the writers that will the work with me mm -hmm. i'll probably say seven or eight times out of ten 
I take them back to what's the point that you're trying to make here? I know obviously that's different with a knowledge sharing book or a memoir, um, but for the fiction writers I work with, it, it's pulling them back. What are you trying to say? And who are you trying to say it to? Mm. So working out who your intended reader is going to be, where yeah. you think your novel, if you're in a bookshop, what shelf are you going to go to for your novel? What books are next to your book on those shelves? Why is a reader going to go to that shelf? What are they looking for when they look at the books on that shelf? And what does your book, what is your, if you imagine the books on the shelf are having a conversation, what does your book have to add to the conversation? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Right. So once you've got all of that in your head, who my reader is, what my genre is, what the point is, mm. it is then much easier for you to see as a, as a writer where you're going off beam. Mm. Because you know, naturally, you've, chances are you have made some of those decisions subconsciously. Mm. And it's getting all of that down on paper. So similarly, the way you the way you journal with your clients, it's getting it down on paper because suddenly it's very real. Yeah. And you know, I mean, the work I do with with my clients, I mean, sometimes it can run to you know fifty, sixty pages of 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 the work that we do with the point who my ideal reader is, the genre, mm. what are the competitive titles, all of those things. They, they just, they just bring you in and it just, it's a course correction tool. Mm. I want to go back to the moment that you might say to a client, what's your point? Because here's, here's what I was thinking. Sometimes when I start work with a new client, not sometimes, most oftenly, or often. So yeah. one of my early questions are, you know, what what's your dream? What's your goal? What do you want to achieve? Like the life coaches, famous question. It's very rare that someone really knows the answer to that question. And they can be quite scared by that. So yes. I'm curious when you ask your clients, what's the point of your story? Because I'm, I'm thinking of the viewers being like, oh, oh crap. Like if I don't know, <laughs> it's a really bad thing. So how many of them succinctly say, this is my point, and how many of them go, oh, well, uh, uh. All of them go, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because, it, because it, it, it's, that's not how you think about a book. When, when you start. So mm -hmm. uh, off camera, you and I were talking about something that you're working on. And you started to explain it to me. And, and, after the conversation, I said to you, okay, so, so in 50 words, what, how would you describe that? And you said something really interesting to me. You said, I'm not there yet. Yeah. And the way I work with my writers and it depends where they are. So if they're starting a new, a new story, I have a story development package. So we ask mm -hmm. those questions right off, right off the bat. But, um, if I'm reading a novel and I am not getting a, a good sense of, of what it is, I will go back to, um, you know, a, a, a writer and just have those little sort of tentative conversations. And to be fair, somebody, I mean, people, I, I've done it to other people. So I remember meeting a friend and we were talking about what we're working on. And she said, um, what's your story about? 
And I said, well, okay, right. So it's about these two guys and they like, you know, and they meet at this audition and then, you know, a couple of months later, they both get cast and blah, blah, blah. And she stopped me and she said, okay, what's, what's your, what's your story about? And I, okay, right. So, so there are these guys who are on this TV show and it's all getting a bit, bit difficult. And then this one says that and, and she stopped me yeah. and she said, what's your story about? I said, oh, right. Okay. It's about two guys who fall in love with it in the making of a reality TV show. And she said, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just going to like, and that's now what I do with my writers. It's just yeah. bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. I mean, it's, it's so interesting, Stuart, because, you know, for you as a book coach, for me as a life coach, we're not immune to it. We still have our blind spots. So I, I yes. really love that you shared that story because I, you know, I will get called out in the same way. Like I'm, I will get called out by my coach being like, you know, what really is your goal? You know, what are you working yes. towards? Yes. So, you know, and it's it, important. I say that right now I have a book coach for the books that I'm writing. Okay. So I yeah. don't want anyone to think that, and, and, you know, I, I admire the way that you say that you have a coach. We have coaches for reasons. Yeah. You know, we're not just setting ourselves up to be like the pinnacle and the gatekeeper. You know, we, we have coaches. And I think, do you know, I would be slightly, I'm not sure I would trust somebody who wasn't being coached themselves. Is that a bad thing to say? Oh, no, dude, I'm, I'm totally oh, okay. Yeah. All right, no, good, good. no, because as a, as a coach, how, how can we be a coach and know the value of being by someone's side, but not value that enough to want someone by our side? My thinking, exactly. I've got two coaches. Really? Yes. Oh, I must get another one. <laughs> <laughs> I shall get two and I shall have three. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question then. Now that, now that, you know, now that we're really being open what what would you say is if you're happy to share yes you know where are the areas that your coach pulls you up the sort of editorial areas because you're you know behind the scenes has done really well so mm -hmm. let's talk about some of the things that you weren't able to see that your coach was like Stuart we need to talk about this uh do you know I I, I for me it would be to be fair i've i've learned more on the book i'm working on now okay so i'm, I'm writing a book now it's set in cyprus in it's in the summer of 1974 and if you're not aware of, of what happened in cyprus in the summer of 74 uh mainland turkey in invaded the uh island the top half and they took the top third okay. um and the basically the country has been annexed and it was basically to do with increasing increasing tensions between the Turkish Cypriot community and the Greek Cypriot community. And it all boiled over into mainland Greece and mainland Turkey getting involved. <clears throat> so I'm writing a book about a Turkish Cypriot man and a Greek Cypriot man who meet in that summer, they fall in love, and then as the, and it leads up to the day the invasion starts. Um, and that's how the, where the book ends. And a Greek Cypriot man has to make a decision. What is he going to do? Um, so the book hoax that I'm, I worked on now this, now this is interesting. Okay. So I drafted this novel back in, 
2013. And when I did my master's degree, I converted it into a screenplay. Mm. And that was my dissertation. That was my final project. Mm. And so my view was I am going to convert that screenplay because I did a lot of work on structure with my supervisor back into a novel. Happy days, job done. My book coach was like, well, no, like we need to dig into some things um, and we need to dig into, you know, why are you writing this? What are you really trying to say? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just about relationships. I had the things in there about politics and raising mm -hmm. the issue of what's going on with in Cyprus. And we had to dig through all of those things. Then we had to dig into, okay, you have all of these characters, but what's, what's really making these people tick? And it was just being questioned. Mm. And it was being questioned very gently. Mm. Um, and we, we have gone through about 12, 12 hourly sessions. Mm -hmm. And the difference between my thinking at the beginning of each of those hours and at the ends of each of those hours mm. are like night and day. Mm. and and it it was mainly pushing me on character mm. and even some of the um even some of the characters who don't play a pivotal part who didn't originally play a pivotal part mm. by having that conversation about you know there's a character uh his name is Ilya. Sorry, I have a stammer and my stammer is not very good today. So sorry. Oh, I'm a I, bit, to be honest, I'm... until you said that, I hadn't noticed it. All right. Okay. My epilepsy yeah. medication can fog me as well. So anyway, okay. right. Now I've said it, I'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. So her character, Ilyas, and he was just a secondary character. And we did a little bit of work on, on Ilyas. Like, you know, why, why is he quiet? Mm. I'm like, well, he just is. Like, no, mm. like, why, why is he quiet? Well, he grew up in the mountains with his grandfather and his grandfather was really overbearing. So Ilyas has learned not to, not to speak. I'm like, right, okay. So then I get to thinking, okay, so if Ilyas isn't speaking, what is he, what is he seeing? Like, what, what does he do? And I was like, actually that unlocks this complete key because there is something he does. There's a moment, I don't want to give it away, but there's a, something that he does without speaking. There's an action that he makes and he does his thing and he walks away. And it's like, oh, that's a really lovely moment. And it's just digging, 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 digging. Mm -hmm. And I say, obviously we do the most of the work on the, the big characters. And to be fair, I had a lot of that work already done. But it's like now, it's like you and I talking about our process and that we get coached. You just, you open up more and more possibilities and thinking and reflection. And I, if you picked anybody that you, you trusted and you spoke to somebody, it's like going to therapy, isn't it? Mm. We can sit on our own and we can think about our problems and try and work through them, but we won't make as much um, progress as we would if we were sitting with a therapist. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I talking to you for an hour about my book, my thinking would, would go from at least A to A to T, <laughs> you know, because it's just explaining it, saying it out loud sometimes. Mm, yeah.
It's really interesting just listening to you, Stuart, because what I'm getting is the the importance of actually being able to talk it through, but yes. also the importance of someone listening and just asking that question. Yes. You know, when when your coach said to you, why is Ilias silent? And your first response was, well, he just is. We, in our own psyche, we can accept that. But a coach is like, I don't accept that as an answer. There's always yes. more. Yes. And so by then saying, no, really, you're then in a position to have to dig deeper. And I think when you're in a safe space, you are able to go there. And mm. going back to what you referred to when earlier, when you said, if we, if we don't know what that visceral feeling is, we can then call it writer's block. Mm. Whereas we just need someone to hold that space to say, come on, let's just take a few steps. And then you really gain that confidence. And you're yes. like, oh my God, it's, it's always possible to dig deeper. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, as a book coach, you always run into the territory, not necessarily when you're looking at characters. Oh, actually, no, you, this does happen sometimes. You start to dig into a character with an author and you get to that moment and you think, oh, this character's you. <laughs> and then there's that moment where you're like, do I pull back because I'm not a therapist? Mm. You know, and... But yeah, it, it, it is interesting and you start to see writers get a little bit uncomfortable and you, you know, you poke it a little bit mm. and chances are they will eventually say, mm, okay, right, you know, this person is me. Yeah. But for me, a lot of the work is, is, is always on character. Mm. And I mean, don't get me wrong, three weeks ago, I said to my coach, like, come on, just please stop writing this book. Like, it's been like nine weeks <laughs> no we have to have this conversation about Ilias and then I have that moment and I think oh that's a really beautiful moment in this mm -hmm. in this story and mm -hmm. at the end of every hour I'd be like oh I'm so glad we've had this conversation today I really wasn't in the mood at the beginning and now mm -hmm. I'm excited and I'm re-engaged and I, I I I've seriously when when did I say I, I drafted this 2013 yeah you said 2013 I have made more progress in the last two two and a half months mm. than i have in all of those years yeah i love that you shared that Stuart, because i think if someone's taking a really long time with a project they can really they can take it quite badly i mean mm. i know i've been in that position and it is literally like hey my friend when you reach out for that help the journey does speed up yes so yes yeah i mean it, it's great that you shared that i oh there's so much gold in this conversation i just don't want it to end um i want to just seeing as we're coming to the end why don't we talk oh. about why don't we talk about endings okay, okay. Yeah, yeah because i think that can be again it's like how do i how do i edit an ending how do i judge that i've written the right ending how do i explore possible alternative endings you know how would you work with someone if you if you read it and you got a sense it's not the right ending how do you know and how would you work with someone to really uncover the the ending that's calling to be written i and this is quite again this is sounds easy but it's not i make make my writers <clears throat> write three pairs of opening and closing chapters. Right. So I, 
there needs to be symmetry. Okay, like so 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 when I was doing my screenplay for my my masters, I worked with a, a guy, he's a script editor on casualty and a producer of Red Rock. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. Mm. But um he he said to me, and again, this is that kind of backwards thinking, like mm. how do you want your character to be at the end? And I said, okay, I, I want them to have all of these things. Right. Take them all away at the beginning. Mm. They must not have any of those things at the end, unless they'd like James Bond or Indiana Jones, because their characters don't really change. I'm going to get hate now, but, <laughs> but you know, like, sure. Yeah. Okay. So I get my writers to write three versions of their opening and closing chapters in pairs mm. because like, like I said, for me, there needs to be symmetry. Mm. And you'd be surprised how many writers are like, yeah, but I've already written the opening chapter and I've only already written the last. But also, how many authors have actually rewritten their f first, second, third chapters 10 or 15 times? Mm. Because they sit around to edit their novel and they start at the beginning. Yeah. And they go forwards and they run out of steam and then they go off and then they come back and they start at the beginning again. So, yeah. Again, because you've looked at that cause and effect, haven't you? Haven't you? <laughs> yes. Okay. You know, you, yeah. you're right. And you know what the point is that we're trying to make? Yeah. Love conquers all. Yeah. Time doesn't pay. How yeah. should it end? Right. Yeah. Yeah. People in love, people in prison. Mm. So again, I, I think that that technique, and you can see writers like, I don't want to. It's like, mm. fine, 45 minutes, three times, go. Mm. and it doesn't have to be beautifully crafted you can just you know write it like a screenplay and just insert you know beautiful description of sunset here and carry mm. on mm. And it's, it's about getting that getting that symmetry down um but again i would never look at the ending in isolation of the beginning got it yeah i love that the symmetry concept actually and the real simplicity of what do they have at the end and then can you take it back and make sure that they don't have that at the beginning? Because yes. that's, again, it seems like a nice way to make sure that there's a, that there's a story arc, you know, that the character yeah. does grow and they're not Indiana Jones or James Bond. So that, the, you know, that there's a, that there's a change. Yeah. What came yeah. to me is you mentioned James Bond. I was like, you know, maybe he's got less bullets in his gun, but that's like, that's it. <laughs> that's the only well, yeah, I'm not guess, you know, he, he doesn't have some information and by the end he does have some information but in terms of a character growth mm. i don't think those yeah. characters grow necessarily i haven't seen the latest one but um yeah you kind of know what you're getting with james bond yeah. oh this is yeah like i said this has really been packed with some really like for me really practical ways that people can look back on their novel and and do a diagnostic and really start to to hone it and, and mm. make it into the novel that it's really crying out to be. Now, for those of you watching, you might have remembered I mentioned the, the free giveaway. So tell us, tell us, Stuart, if we are like, oh my God, Stuart sounds amazing. I would really <laughs> love to know what thorough and compassionate editing he has to offer. Okay. Very generous, a free edit of, of 10 pages of a work in progress tell us yes. how, we can, how we can snag that tell us why we might want to snag that okay so i think i think you can go to my website which is thebookcoach.co not .uk or com just okay. co 
We'll put it um, in the description below as well. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, we'll um, and if you look on the, uh, the services page, I do the first, first 10 pages. I would recommend the first 10 pages because um, that's where you're making your promise. You're establishing mm -hmm. at least one main character. Um, okay. And the reason I, I think it's important is because any writer or any, any editor they work with, there needs to be some kind of rapport and there needs to be some kind of understanding that this editor gets me mm. and I like the way this editor works. Yeah. Okay. And I, I would pretty much, well, no, I do always insist on like a kind of half an hour talk. Okay. okay. I'm not a salesman. I, I did three months at an electrical superstore when I started university and I had to leave. It was that I was that bad. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to try and sell anybody anything, okay. but I think it's important to understand if you have a, an, a connection and a rapport. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want a writer lo just loathing me. Mm. Okay. And I wouldn't want to work on a project that I didn't feel interested. I think more no, passionate about because mm. you want someone who's on your side, you know, you want a cheerleader, mm. but a cheerleader who is honest about the way you're holding your pom-poms. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, for me, that first 10 pages edit and a half hour talk, I think is a good way to understand, you know, is, is this editor going to get me? Do they understand my project? And mm. they do they have the same love and passion that I have for it? Mm. Because I may have been writing this thing for three years. Chances are I'm going to be writing it for at least another one. Yeah. So, yeah, that that that's the half hour chat especially if you're thinking about doing a, like a bigger package, but yeah. certainly in the first 10 pages, I think is, is really important for both of us because it has really to be a good fun. working relationship. Yeah. And also the sense I get from that is, especially if someone hasn't had the, the privilege of, of having, having editorial feedback, it mm. can be a real eye opener to be like, Oh, wow. You know, yes. this is what being edited really, really can give me. Yes. Yes. And, and honestly, some people are put off by that mm. because no matter how kind and compassionate and thorough I am, some people just aren't quite ready. Yeah. And I think again, I wouldn't want somebody to spending you know, 500, 700,000 pounds on a service that I give them when they, they aren't ready because it's, it's going to be frustrating for me. Yeah. It's going to be horrible for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, so it sounds like it's an opportunity for you to also be like, is, are my gifts going to be wasted on you? And I, I can really resonate with that. Like if someone isn't ready to change or they just want an editor to say, this is perfect. Yes. Then they're not going to get the, the true value of what you have to offer. Yeah. 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 Lovely. I'm going to folks, I'm going to put up Stuart's socials. Let's get that slide up. So you can find Stuart on Twitter. You can find him on Instagram. And he also has a YouTube channel where there are lovely interviews. Uh, so you get to see Stuart in the interview seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. 
I already want to get you back for round two. So I Marvelous. do hope that yay, I do hope that you'll come back and we will we will talk more. I want to talk to be honest, I want to talk more about the romance genre because it's okay. something I, I don't know very much about. But what I would love, folks, let us know in the comments what did you get from this? And if we do have Stuart back, what should we talk about? What you know, what gold do you want from Stuart? So that would be helpful to have in the comments. Otherwise, I will simply pick all of the topics that I want to pick you brain <laughs> about. Stuart, it's been an absolute treat. And folks, thank you for seeing us through. Um, I do hope some of you take take up this lovely offer of the um of the 10 page edit because I know that you'll get I know you'll get serious value. And um Stuart, I will see you in round two. Thank you so much. The round one was over too soon. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, take care, everyone, and see you in the next interview.